0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh yeah, BYU Sports Nation is live, your
1: day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, October 14th. Houston, we're one day closer. Very nice. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who loved, loved
2: BYU football,
1: even in the Bibbs era, Jason Shepard.
2: Well, certainly I loved BYU in that era, of course. Now, the Bibbs are a different... Look, here's the thing. Sometimes there are things that are so bad, just such a bad decision, that there's a fondness for it. Eventually... BYU will wear the bibs again. It's it will there will be there will be a demand for it. Like everything comes back around. Even bad stuff becomes all of a sudden. There's like wait a minute. Remember that maybe we should bring. Eventually the bib will be back. I'm I'm predicting that. There's a lot of truth in that. Have you seen the bumblebee uniforms that the Pittsburgh Steelers wear yes.
1: with tan pants? Oh yeah, yellow and black. And tan pants. They are the ugliest uniforms yep. in the history of uniforms.
2: The Broncos have something that's similar to that in terms oh. of, like, the stripes. I think it's, like, brown and orange or something like that. It's just brutal. Like but you're event- right. Yes, eventually the bibs will come back as, like, a retro day or something. It'll cycle back. Mom jeans are back for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm wearing some right now.
1: <laughs> By the way. We bring up retro unis <laughs> because BYU is going to wear a gray face mask with white tops, royal pants. This is a throwback to the late 70s yes. and the Gifford Nielsen era. Gray face masks are a thing. Usually we see the chromed out royal. This is cool. And remember, Gifford is a longtime Houston legend, sportscaster down there. It's very oh, so see, cool it's that tie BYU in. is doing
2: this. Yeah, I, I think this is really cool. What, what did... I wish, personally, I love a, a, a gray uniform or something with – I would love for there to be some sort of gray incorporated into – I think the gray and royal, that look is super classy. I love that look. I don't know if we'll ever see it, okay. but I, I think it's cool. And I think it's cool that even something as subtle as the face mask mm-hmm. harkens back to, to those yes. – I think it's cool. It's small. But I think it's pretty significant. I think it's awesome. No one rocks the
1: gray face mask quite like Elder S. Gifford Nielsen. Yes. Man, what an era. And what a Wednesday show lineup we have. Texas native, NFL, and BYU veteran David Nixon joins us. Is Houston one of the two best college football teams in the state of Texas right now? Next to A&M. Seriously, they might be. We explore the film room with the man who's had two interceptions in as many games, Troy Warner, plus we'll talk with BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope. What's in store for the first ever basketball practice broadcast? I'm excited for this.
2: Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. With one day less to prepare, BYU gearing up for Friday night's game at Houston. Now, while BYU is hoping to get some players back... Houston head coach Dana Holgerson said he's dealing with about 15 to 20 players who aren't 100%. What?
3: We got guys that are that are injured. Um, it, nothing's long term. Um, it, it, it's it's unlike anything I've ever dealt with. You know, I got guys that practiced yesterday that are missing today, and then they're going to try to go again later in the week.
2: Friday's game kicks off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV starts at 8.30 Eastern. You will be live in Houston. And radio pregame on BYU Radio begins at 7.30 Eastern. Here's the thing about the 15 to 20 missing. Houston says there are no active cases of COVID. It's not COVID related at all. It was also announced yesterday that BYU's game at Boise State will be played a day earlier. Instead of Saturday, November 7th, the Cougars and Broncos will face each other on Friday, November 6th at 9.45 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1 or FS1 for the hip kids. Friday
1: night lights for BYU football in arguably the two biggest games of the season. Depending on if BYU adds another game, we shall see at a date in the future. (laughs) BYU junior receiver Gunnar Romney added to the Bolitnikoff Award watch list this morning. That award given annually to the nation's top college football receiver. Romney has 20 catches already. 453 yards, two touchdowns this season. Fun fact, Romney is chasing rare company. Austin Cawley and Jay Miller are the only two BYU football players to have averaged 100 yards per game during a season. Romney through four games, currently at
2: 113 yards per game. Good luck to Gunner. He's having a fantastic season. Speaking of season, how about this? BYU basketball practice officially began this morning. And don't forget that tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time, fans can tune in on the BYU TV app to watch the Cougars practice. It will be live, it will be commercial free. Jeremy Jordan will be there. Anson Winder will be there. You will hear from Coach Pope as well as some of the players. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. And you're actually, for those watching on BYU TV, you are you're watching uh live practice video. That is fresh practice video. That is people. Fr- that that happened this morning. Was also uh, it's now official? BYU hoops will be playing in the Legends Classic at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut on December second and third, along with UConn, USC, and Vanderbilt.
1: There are headlines of plenty on Love this it. Wednesday. Alicia May Mateo of BYU women's golf finishing second overall at the Lady Red Wolves Classic in Arkansas. Her final round a 70, two under. I have that as excellent. Only three strokes behind the tournament winner. The Cougars finished 11th overall as a team. BYU will next play in the Cowgirl Classic on October 22nd and 23rd. Any guesses to who's hosting that tournament, Jason?
2: Uh, Wyoming?
1: Either that or Oklahoma State. I really don't know. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be Oklahoma State or So Wyoming. you're either
2: going to Stillwater or you're going to Laramie. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Giddy
0: up.
1: Yes. All rise and shout. Wow. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: You just heard head coach of Houston football, Dana Holgerson, say the 15 to 20 players that are in, maybe out, maybe in of practice game, it's the first time he's ever dealt with anything like this in his coaching career. So, Jason, does the Houston injury situation Increase your confidence for BYU
2: football going into Friday night's game. Look, just the statement alone that 15 to 20 players are dealing with some sort of injury ailment sounds positive for BYU, and we're certainly not saying we want anybody to be hurt and that it's positive that there, there may be some injuries. That's not what we're saying. Look, we don't know any details about the severity. Coach Hol- Holgerson said, sir, it's not COVID-related, and it, doesn't, it nothing is long-term, so it's nothing major like that. But we don't really know the severity, so it could just be normal aches and pains that you deal with throughout the course of a season or a course of fall camp. Because remember, this is they've only played one game. They've had a, a very long fall camp to get ready for this season. We also don't know which players it is. If it's 15 to 20 players who aren't going to make a difference in the game anyway, then it's minimized. Now, if it's playmakers, mm. say if it's Stevenson, their star receiver, or... Clayton Toon, their quarterback, then that changes things. There's just so many unknowns. Regardless of who's in, who's out, I still think BYU is the better team. I think they're the more tested team, having played four games versus the one. They're favored in this game. So ultimately, I don't know if it matters because I still expect BYU to win the game. I'm going to go in assuming that everybody is healthy and ready to go and that BYU regardless is going to have to play its best game of the season because this is the toughest opponent they'll face to this point.
1: This doesn't matter a ton to me. I'd be lying if I said it doesn't make me feel a little bit better about BYU's chances knowing that Houston's going through some injury concerns because I saw the speed and athleticism and the explosive offense. And I'm like, man, even if one or two of those players that make a difference are not available for Houston, that will have an impact. So, a little bit better. You know who it made the biggest difference for? Friends in Las Vegas. Because the line went from three to five and a half in favor of BYU in about a two-hour span. <laughs> so Coach Holgerson says that, and
2: then brr, cha-ching! All the yeah. money's going on BYU. Somebody's ears in Vegas all of a sudden start to itch a little bit. Like, what? Excuse Did somebody me? say injury? Excuse what? me? Yeah.
1: So they clearly are making uh, it known that th- this is impactful For the betters in Las Vegas, but for me a little bit better. This is as you said, the toughest challenge that BYU is going to face to this point all season. If I'm a Houston player and I had to watch five different games get postponed and you finally get one and I'm like 70% healthy, then I am finding a way onto the field. It's like, no, no, no. I am going to play. I imagine that the majority of those players are going to be well enough to try and make an impact in this game and play against BYU. Well,
2: and in He even said that this may not necessarily impact the game at all. He was just talking about one day this player may not be at practice, but then the next day he is. So it's more of the unknown as to if that guy was at practice or not. It's 15 to 20 players who were in that scenario. may get to game night, and like you said, all 15 to 20 players may be ready to go. It was just more he just didn't know what to expect from day to day in terms of being able to practice with these players. All right. On we move. Topic number two, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports retweeted the results of a D1 survey given to all collegiate programs. Now, the results stated that 61% of P5 schools were in favor of breaking away from the NCAA and forming their own governing body and division. Now, we've always talked about BYU being involved in the next big expansion of conferences in the NCAA. Spencer, is succession not expansion, BYU's best bet to join the Power 5 ranks. Jason, the best bet for BYU to join a Power
1: 5 something is just absolute and utter chaos. Give me the chaos theory, Jason, whether it's the Power 5 breaking away from the group of five, it's poaching from one Power 5 conference to another. The more change, the more chaos, the better for BYU. Give me The chaos theory, and I quote from the chaos theory, within the apparent randomness of chaotic, complex systems, and college football is very complex, there are underlying patterns, interconnectedness, constant feedback loops, repetition, self-similarity, fractals, and self-organization. I have no idea what that (laughs) means, but I hope that BYU, within their own chaos theory, can find themselves in a Power 5 conference at the end of it. It's... it's. Coming, Jason. It's it's going to happen. We just don't know when. If it's 2022, right. 2023, TV contracts, Power 5 separates from Group
2: of 5, all of the above. That madness, that
1: chaos is coming, and that's
2: BYU's best bet. Based off of how well things have gone for BYU in the previous expansions, uh, yeah, maybe this is the best opportunity. Look, and, and the other part about it is... Maybe it's because this option hasn't shunned BYU yet that it looks like the prime opportunity. You know, the the other has shunned BYU a couple of times. This one hasn't, so there's this optimism. Oh, maybe this is the way BYU gets into it. And and we don't know any, any specifics on, first of all, this is just not saying this is happening. This is just they were in favor of it, and it may not ever happen. Without knowing how it would even look, if you're going to take away conference affiliations and just go with the best X number of teams in college football to be a part of this succession, then I don't see how BYU isn't included. If you have to be a current P5 to even be included in it, then we're right back to square one. So I I don't know, but since this option hasn't... uh, you know, said no to BYU, I'm going to say, yeah, it's the best option right now.
1: It really depends on who you ask. It's all objective, or sorry, subjective. Are they going to take 65 schools, which would be the four power conferences plus Notre Dame, or right. 66 schools, which is the four power conferences plus Notre Dame plus BYU?
2: And do they look at this as an opportunity for relegation for some of the teams that don't that don't belong in it? Maybe, hey, maybe, maybe.
1: And maybe they bring up other teams that are, Constantly succeeding at a high level in the group of five, the
2: Boise States, the UCFs. Like, you can't tell me if they were to take just the best number of, of teams, the BYU, Boise State, other, you know, UCF, UCF Cincinnati. What, however, that they're not involved in this. I can't imagine they say no to that if you're looking for the best teams in college football. Can I be a lobbyist for BYU? If that ever happens,
1: where it's like, make your case. Like, I want to be a lobbyist. Let me me go in front and plead the case. I'll play lawyer in that debate. I think there are a
2: lot of people that would be willing to make their case.
1: (laughs) Dude, I'll show up in my 1984 Nike t-shirt. Let's go, man. Let's go. Our question of the day. How would BYU benefit from a Power 5 breakaway from the NCAA? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At I Need Ramen with our first
1: response on Twitter. I like the Twitter handle. Who doesn't need ramen? I don't think there would be a benefit for BYU other than being closer to a playoff as part of the Group of Five layer championship. I don't see a Power Five taking BYU due to Sunday play and won't be invited to the breakaway as an independent. End quote. Here's the thing. BYU could go as a football only. They're independent in football. This doesn't have to be an all-sports inclusion thing, I don't think. Or or is it a thing where the NCAA and the Power 5 break away, and it is all sports? Because my, I've been thinking about this the whole time in a paradigm of, oh, this is football only. But is it all sports?
2: I just don't know how all of these schools separate – all of their athletic program, and, and I, we understand the place football holds in athletics collegiately. I, I just I find it hard to believe it wouldn't be everything. But if if it's possible to do the one and not the other, you're gonna maybe maybe you do go with just football only. See, to me, that
1: feels like the only real viable option. I think it would be too hard if you tried to make it all sports. The NCAA. Relies heavily on the Olympic sports, right. and they run the March Madness tournament. So it just—I don't see how that could happen. Like, what, what would the Power Five schools do if they couldn't play in the most anticipated basketball
2: tournament in the world every year? They create the next one.
1: I don't think that it would. I just, yeah, yeah.
2: They don't want the, yuck, they don't want I the hate, pressure. I
1: hate the idea of it. Just go football only. All right, good stuff. Send in your uh, tweets, responses. Hashtag BYUSN. Now I
2: want ramen. I really do. (laughs) Coming up, Mark Pope is allowing you to be a fly on the wall during practice. question is, do you want beef or chicken Mm. flavor? I'm good with either, but given the choice, I'm going with chicken.
1: Okay. Plus, David Nixon on how to defend the speed of Houston's dynamic offense. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David
2: Nixon, they'll all be joined by Spencer Linton, who will be live from Houston on Countdown to Kickoff. Watch as they get you all the info leading up to Friday's kickoff at BYU and Houston, 8.30 Eastern Time on BYU TV.
1: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton teamed up with Jason Shepard. We are two days away from BYU, the 14th ranked team in the country, putting their undefeated 4-0 record on the line against technically undefeated. Houston at 1-0, Jason.
2: So there's that. It, you're not lying. They are both undefeated.
1: Joining us now, another man who's undefeated in life, David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. David, what do you think of this battle of unbeatens that we're now about mm, 60 hours away from? Listen,
4: I just love the fact that BYU is undefeated at this point, right? I mean, it's been years since BYU, BYU's been able to say they're undefeated Going into their fifth game of the season, uh, and of course, Houston. Very small sample size. There's only one one game in the books, uh, but I think it's a very intriguing matchup. And listen, when when the schedule started to get put together by Tom Homo, I, I think we all realized that this was going to be the kind of marquee matchup to be able to tell all the BYU fans where does BYU sit. Are they the real deal or not? Uh, and and here we are, uh, you know, week five against Houston. So I'm excited. I, I think this will be a good litmus test to be able to determine. Uh, whether the team is the real deal, whether, uh, you know, whether they deserve that number 14
2: ranking in the country. The line has fluctuated a bit. Spencer, did you say it's now at five?
1: Yeah. Well, when Coach Holgerson says that 15 (laughs) to 20 players are in and out of practice, the line moves a bit. Imagine that. It affects people in Las Vegas.
2: But, you know, yeah. Right around five, right? Yes. So BYU is favored right now by five. Do you, you think that's a fair line?
4: I think it's fair, given out you know coming off perform the performance the BYU had against GTSA. I think people realize that uh, the BYU team struggled a little bit, uh, and then of course Houston ran away with the game in that second half. So I think it's probably pretty fair. Plus is on the road, and of course this year with COVID, the road doesn't mean as much because the fans are, don't have as big of an impact. But uh, typically three points are awarded for the home team just because of the home field advantage. So make it an eight-point game. I think that's probably about the right line. That's, that's,
1: that's about right. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, now to the real area of your expertise, David. Who's the defensive most valuable player for BYU football through four games? Man, I tough to name one guy.
4: I think, frankly, the collective unit this year has been stellar. Uh, But what I do like about this unit is I looked into the stats yesterday. BYU's top three tacklers are all linebackers. And that's when you know you have a very healthy defense. You don't want deep tackles or DMs leading the team in tackles. You definitely don't want the secondary leading tackles because that means that the guys are getting through uh, the first and second level, getting to the third level with the secondary. Um, and so you've got Pelia 24, Kapusi 24, and Wilgar 15. That's a healthy defense because those backers, of course, are helping with the run, but then they're also dropping the pass cover, so they're going to pick up some tackles there. So um, I-, I like what's happening there. If I had to pick one guy, I actually really like Troy Warner. He's had back-to-back interceptions in games um and, and beyond just interceptions the way he's able to come up and force the run he's, he's kind of taking the big leap this this uh this year and coming up and forcing the run he likes to get physical uh and i love his leadership on the field uh, you know especially with michael harper a young corner you can see him out there coaching him up uh he's just in a great spot and, and keep in mind also troy he played corner his first game so this is a guy who the deep defensive coaching staff is moving all around the field uh safety and corner and, and all over the place to try to utilize his skills so i probably say Troy, but there's a lot of guys that are that are sticking out on that defense. Of course, Kyra Stone continues to do his thing. His stats don't really pop off the sheet because, once again, he's a nose tackle. Um, but he's a, he's a disruptor on every single play. So um, I like what the defense is doing. They're flying around and making plays, and it's, it's fun to watch them get out there and, and tear it up.
2: Houston has been one of those teams that has... Gotten better over the years, and I think their reputation has increased. You're obviously from that area, you grew up not far from Houston. How is Houston perceived in Houston? Are, are they on the radar? Do you think?
4: Well, you got to keep in mind that Houston is you've got the old Oilers and now the Texans, so it's a professional city. They, they really rally around all the professional sports, right? You got the Ashes as well, you get the Rockets, and of course, the Texans. So, from a football standpoint, I think it's still the city is still run by the Texans. Uh, with that being said, between really rice and Houston, Houston definitely carries the weight. Rice has been irrelevant for years. Um, and I think that the projection and, and and the direction that Houston's headed in is all indicated by what they paid Daniel Holgerson, right? Uh, he got a he got a four-year uh, or five-year twenty million dollar deal, four million a year. Uh, it goes to show that they're they're investing a lot of money into this program and they want it to be successful. So while the Texans still run the show, I think Houston's one of those up and coming schools where uh, they're going to get a lot of talent from from that Houston area. If, if some of those kids are you know uh, not picked up by Texas a or Texas, then I think Texas then Houston's obviously the next natural fit, and a lot of those kids want to stay home and play there. So they'll, they'll reap the benefits of, of being um, you know the benefactor of being right there in Houston and, and pick up some kids there. But I think they're on the up and up, and especially with Holgerson, like I said, the commitment, the financial commitment. Uh, that you're seeing from boosters in the program itself to try to make this a legit uh, contender there in in Texas is is real. And it's it's indicated by what they're willing to shell out to Holgerson.
1: Sure. And brand-new stadium uh, to boot. So Houston's doing some nice things. Being from Texas, David, speaking of you, um, it's been an up-and-down year for mostly down for uh, Texas teams. Who's the second-best team in Texas? Because right now I think the best team is A&M. Who's the second-best college football team in Texas?
4: Thank you. Thank you for, uh, pointing that out there, Spencer. Um, go, Aggies. That's, that's my little side note for him. No, listen, I, I, think, I think you have to go with SMU. And, and I think SMU kind of falls in the same boat as BYU, where they haven't played some great opponents. They're ranked 17th in the country. Uh, and a lot of people are questioning whether they're real deal or not. It's unfortunate because they had the game against Baylor postponed, uh, which is, uh, or TCU, excuse me, TCU postponed, which would have been a bummer because that would have been a good test for them as well. But, that team's got to be out there, but it's, it's a weird year. You've got Texas is down, TCU is down, Texas Tech is struggling. Uh, it's, it's a struggle for these these Texas schools. A&M pick up the big one against Florida, but uh, yeah, it's been all over the place. But, you know, we'll see how that pans out into the season. There's a lot of talent there, and, and
2: they, tend to, they tend to get a little better as the season goes. So we'll see. One thing that's been obvious with Houston when you look at that team, they're big and they're fast. How does BYU deal with the speed?
4: Well, I think defensively, uh, you saw some breakdowns last week at GTSA, bad coverage, uh, bad angles. We've seen this as kind of an ongoing theme, and BYU's got to clean it up. Uh, but the secondary struggled a little bit a little bit against GTSA, and some of it was busted coverages, and all some of it was, like I said, busted angles, bad angles. Um, so for BYU, in order to stop this offense, uh, you've got to have the linebackers get in depth to help out that secondary, and the secondary's got to make sure they can't let anything behind them. Uh, they've got to keep everything in front of them. And so, uh, I'll be interested to see how those the linebacker unit and uh, secondary work together, and of course the D line. I mean, BYU is going to call their number to only rush three. We know that's a staple of now BYU defense. And got to get home, and if you're not going to get home, you got to get pressure on the quarterback and at least take away his throwing lanes and make him make him a little bit uncomfortable in that pocket. Uh, but there were there are numerous instances in that UCSA game where the, the rush three just kind of gave up, and they didn't look like they were trying to get to the quarterback as much as they have in the games past. So. You should see that on film, and they're going to try to take some shots. BYU better be prepared to, to uh, respond.
1: All right. Pressure the quarterback. Take good angles. I can get on board for that game plan. David, great to have you with us, man. Uh, I know that your heart is in Texas because you are a Texan, but your heart really lies with BYU, right? 100%. I'm all, I'm all BYU. This
4: is, a, listen, this is a big game for, for the Cougars, like I said earlier. Depending on how they show up, and this could really propel them for the rest of the season, I think this – Especially coming out this last game against UTSA, they need a little bit of confidence. Uh, I, think, I think their confidence was shaking, which is probably a good thing. I uh, think it was a, a wake-up call for them. Uh, hopefully they go down there this Friday and, and have a good show and, and kind
1: of keep rolling from there. David, great to talk to you, man. We appreciate the time, brother.
4: All right. Take care, guys.
1: Thanks, David. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. It really has been just a weird year for college football teams in Texas. The Longhorns, 2-2. Two and two. They just lost a four overtime just wild game against Oklahoma. And as he mentioned, Texas Tech's down, Baylor's down, TCU's down. So now the likes of SMU and Houston are creeping up the yeah. ranks
2: in this in the college football teams in the state. This is a big game for both Cougar teams. It's big for BYU, and it's just as big for Houston. So that's what makes this matchup so intriguing, is that this is a massive opportunity for both schools. Coming up, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope, all access. And if you could bring back one
1: retro uniform for BYU football, which are you going with?
0: You get one. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join myself, uh, let me guess, not pictured yet, yep, exactly,
2: uh, as well as Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, and Mitchell Jurgens. also not pictured. What the heck? I don't know. As we get you ready for BYU at Houston Friday night on BYU Radio. Cougar game live begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Come on, editors can we widen the picture and include Jason? It's, it's been mentioned enough times that if it were going to be changed, it would have been changed. <laughs> okay. Now, the, now they'll never do it. Now it's, it's, uh, now it's a thing. Taking now it's away a bit.
1: Any chance yes. of you ever showing up it on that. It is a bit. Now. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: All right, Jason, start us off, man. All right. Better odds. Gunnar Romney winning the Belitnikoff Award. We mentioned that he uh, was uh, was uh, added to that watch list. Or Zach Wilson winning the Davey O'Brien. Right now, it's Zach Wilson
1: winning the Davey O'Brien Award because I think that the Belitnikoff Award is locked up right now by an Alabama receiver. Choose any of the five.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's the Davey O'Brien. I mean, if you look at all of the... Uh, national media that are that are singing Zach's praises in terms of being one of the best two or three quarterbacks right now. Yeah, I'd say the chances of, of him getting that are higher right now than Gunner getting. I
1: love Gunner Romney, but Jalen Waddle has a stranglehold yeah. on the Bolandicoff Award from Alabama. It just—he's going to win it. All right, BYU. You may have heard, Jason, plays Houston this Friday. Interesting. And now BYU plays Boise State on a Friday night, November 6th, 745 Eastern, FS1. The Cougars, however, enjoyed a Saturday afternoon game just last Saturday. Which do you prefer?
2: In the afternoons or Friday nights? Look, there's something about college football on Saturday afternoon. If given the choice... I'm going to take Saturday afternoon. However, in this instance, I am so grateful that this game was moved to Friday night Mm -hmm. because my youngest daughter is going to be baptized (laughs) on the 7th. And I was really worried that that was going to end up being like an afternoon game and we were going to have to postpone this for a month. So I'm very, very happy. That it was moved. All for <laughs> personal reasons, Jason. Yeah, what a uh, selfish college, take by you. College football, Saturday afternoon, that's that's what you expect, right? Yes. And you
1: can't, we can't mess up that for Audrey, right? No, no, no. Can't do that, no. so little Audrey. Um, <laughs> this season, I prefer Friday night games. Probably because BYU's worst game of the season happened on a Saturday afternoon in front of no fans. And there was something about that, Jason. Under the lights, there is an energy, yes. even when there are no fans. During the day, no fans,
2: the energy was just different. Okay, so you're blaming the day and time. I'm going to blame the Navy jerseys. <laughs> so we've had several people say,
1: Burn the Navy jerseys, never bring them back. I don't think that's going to happen. It's part of BYU. But I I prefer the Friday nights this season because under the lights, especially with limited fans, I feel like there's a different energy under the lights.
2: I can understand that. All right, today is the first day of official practices for BYU hoops. So let's project the end. Uh, fill in the blank. BYU will be blank on Selection Sunday?
1: A single-digit seed in the 2021 NCAA Tournament. Jason, that's my projection for BYU basketball. Right now, I think uh, Joe and Andy Katz have BYU as like one of the last four in an 11 or 12 seed. I think BYU will be a single-digit seed on Selection Sunday.
2: Okay, I'm going to go a little different route. BYU will be happy Ooh. on Selection Ooh. Sunday. I don't know what the selection will be. We, I, I don't know what seed, but I... I For multiple reasons. I think they will be pleased with the seed they get, but I also think that they will be pleased that they are in the NCAA tournament again, especially after missing out last year.
1: Now, if I were wearing the blue goggles and answering that question, Jason, I would say BYU will be a conference champion on Selection Sunday. Okay. Yeah, that's sounds good. the blue goggles are warranted for that one. That sounds good, but yeah, blue goggles required for sure. On to the next. Which retro BYU football uniform or kit do you want
2: to see the Cougars wear this season or at some point in a near season? Okay, uh, we joked earlier about the bib. The bib is not the answer to this question. I actually and maybe this is more nostalgia for me because I moved to Utah and when Ty Detmer was the quarterback. So my first like going to games and doing that was when Ty was here. So like late 80s early 90s so i'm going with the the uniform the royal the version of royal that they used during tie Detmer. Yeah, it's not as bright as the current yes, royal. Yes, it's a darker royal. All right. I am going with a
1: throwback to the mid 90s. There was an era from about 1994 to 1998 where BYU had a light a little bit lighter version of royal compared to what you were talking about mm-hmm. Jason. Black outlines and a drop shadow. That was you love the drop shadow. Oh man, it just it just screams '90s and it screams retro. I had it on my soccer uniforms when I was a kid. The drop shadow number. By the way, drop shadow,
2: my nickname in high school. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love the 1996 BYU football season? Either it was great. Tarkeesian, Calalooi,
2: McGuire, Lewis, Mealy, Come on now. Give me the drop shadow. All right. Coming up, Jerem Jordan jumps into the film room with Troy Warner, and not literally, you know, because of social distancing.
1: But first, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope joins us to preview the first-ever BYU basketball practice broadcast. You know he's got something special up his
0: sleeve. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Join Jerem Jordan, Anson Winder, and uh, an exciting list of special guests tonight as we take you to the Marriott Center for a live commercial-free broadcast of BYU men's basketball practice. That's tonight on the BYU TV app at 8 Eastern time.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is the fabulous head coach of BYU basketball, Mark Pope, who has opened up the doors. He's opened the gates to practice for BYU fans. Coach, why was now, why was 2020 with this weird COVID year, the time to open up the doors and let the public, watch your team at practice.
2: Well, hey, before we get there, what is going on with Jerem? Jerem took the day off? Look, uh, Jerem needed, needed some me time, so he took the morning off.
5: <laughs> Jer- hey, listen, I'm telling you what. I actually appreciate this because Jerem, first of all, you know in Jerem, he's probably already in hair and makeup for tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he knew he knew that tonight was going to be so epic that he had to bring his his A game. Yes. We actually have uh, we actually have some special guests that are uh, that are zooming into the bro- bod- broadcast tonight. Ooh. And so I talked to Jerem last night. I'm like, hey, these guys are not only are they some of the biggest heavy hitters in all of the game of basketball. Wow! But they're people I dearly love. So. I, I know he's feeling some pressure about the interviews, man. It's going to be big. Hey, how's that for a tease? <laughs> Very nice. Everybody needs
1: to watch. I'll be watching from an airplane coach on my way to Houston. Cannot wait.
5: Houston, where we are going to go 5-0. <laughs> yes. I like the, so I like right the confidence. I love BYU
1: football. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
5: The well, well, first time we've been 5-0 and 0 since
1: 2008. How many times have you guys said that on the show? <laughs> it's been brought, up a, it's been brought up a couple of times. But that just means you're paying attention, so we're happy. We're happy about that. So,
5: and I'm hyped about this.
1: So, understandably, it's a great weekend, great time for BYU football. BYU basketball is back. This is such a new team. So, that for me personally adds a level of excitement to being able to watch this practice because there was so much turnover. What are fans going to see tonight when they watch this new look BYU basketball team?
5: Well, they're going to see our guys working really hard uh, and playing really hard. Our guys are really competing. Uh, they're, they're all... Um, chasing this winner's board really hard. Uh, get to see some, some of the insides of how we function. I mean, we're not changing anything. We're practicing the way we practice. Um, and so it, it's going to be really fun. And I hope, I hope everybody gets a chance to, to know our guys a little bit. Cause some of these guys are new. They're all almost new. And, um, and they're really spectacular young men. And then they're also going to be see, see a bunch of mess, right? Cause we have so many new faces, First day of official practices, the guys already went hard this morning. So they're probably going to see a a bunch of, a a bunch of mess there too, which is going to be really
2: fun. Also. Who's the one guy that's going to play up the cameras being there. Who's the one guy that's going to do that. Well, listen, this rich
5: Harward, he's not really going to, you're going to think he's playing up for the cameras, but this is how he is every (laughs) single day. (laughs) So we had a, you know, we did, we had a, you know, we're not allowed to have managers in right now because we're trying to keep the group as small as possible. And our managers play a huge function for us. One of the things they do is they take live stats all practice long. And so I just put it on the guys. We're having a king of the glass day today. That was a theme of practice. Rebounding is really important to this team. And so I told the guys, you're keeping your own score. And every time you grab a rebound throughout the whole practice, I want you to call it out. So we start, we're doing a dummy five on O drill and Rich grabs the first rebound. Like there's no rebound. There's no there's no one else on the floor and he screams, Whoa! <laughs> and he's been left with it all practice long. And I'm so grateful for it because that's how he approaches the game. And <laughs> he 's a beautiful human being, man
2: <laughs> so you already mentioned you you had a practice this morning already we 've actually shown some of uh, some of the footage here on the show today after such a long layoff what 's it like to finally be back in an official capacity? It was awesome, except i 'm not going to lie. I got up this morning
5: and I have a collection of masks that I wear at practice because it 's really important and i don 't know if you noticed, but my mask came out of laundry and it was so wrinkled. <laughs> I was like, I'm wearing a wrinkled mask. I was so embarrassed. I was mortified. I guarantee you that Leanne, if she ever sees the clip, she's gonna be like, Mark, you couldn't even iron your mask. What is (laughs) wrong with you? So aside from that, it was a great morning.
1: Okay, can we get an ironing board in here? We're gonna take like there's plenty of of time to
2: get it to get it ironed before tonight. We'll get. We'll get. Steve
1: Bushman. Steve
5: Bushman. (laughs) First of all, it's the finest human being you're ever going to meet, and his whole heart pours out into BYU athletics. He's been the equipment manager here for like the last thirty years, and he is a legend on our campus and among all BYU fans. Steve, you couldn't
1: iron my mask for me just one time. <laughs> oh yeah, we need we need to get on Steve about that. <laughs> Nothing like calling him out on national television. <laughs> Mark. Um, I kind of want to dive inside the mentality of why, why you wanted to do something like this. Why was it such an emphasis for you to open up practice like this in 2020?
5: Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing is, is, is um, I'm just, I'm excited about this team and I'm excited for our fans. So uh, we got to experience Cougar nation last year in a really fun way. And the the bond that we were actually able to form between our players and our team and fans and supporters was so special Uh, starting with midnight madness last year and then kind of going the whole way through. And, and um, so I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just super eager to kind of build that relationship again Uh, It's part of what makes college athletics. So magic, I'm so anxious for, for all of our fans to know these guys like Matt harms only to be here for seven more months. Right. And we got to get to know him because he's an extraordinary human being and a big time player. And I go down list of all the guys. So that was number one, is that we all do this together, and so I want us to feel like we're in it together and know each other. And then the second reason is, um, you know, I, I want our guys to start to feel, even though this summer's been so weird with COVID, and obviously the end of last year was so disappointing, that I'm uh, we're trying to do everything we can to kind of, um, you know, reestablish uh the normal greatness of college basketball and so you know we're gonna take a shot of do- doing this live tonight I also like the idea of my guys feeling a little bit of pressure I mean they're gonna be you know you know everyone's gonna comment on how they play and how they perform tonight and, and how they fit together and and so I- I'm a- I'm eager for that too
1: and everyone's gonna comment mostly on whether I'm, your mask is ironed or not so mostly I'm just excited to have Jerem in
5: the gym like that's <laughs> really the whole point of this to try and get him to come to practice
2: <laughs> <laughs> so as you start practices now do you begin with a pretty good idea of what your starting five and your rotations look like or do you need the next couple of weeks in order to figure that out
5: normally yes right now no I have no idea I don't know how we're gonna play I don't know who we're gonna play I don't actually know where we're gonna play except I did read a tweet that came out uh about MTE that they said BYU is playing in which is pretty exciting so hopefully you're aware (laughs) of this (laughs) We have, a lot of, we have a lot of unanswered questions around yeah, here. Yeah.
1: If you were to play in said MTE in, I don't know, Connecticut with the likes of uh, USC and UConn and Vanderbilt, what would you think about that?
5: Well, if that were to happen, <laughs> uh, first of all, that would be so incredibly exciting. Everybody watching right now is being like, wait, are we in the MTE or are we not? So
2: it's going to be fun, man. Like, hang on. Just, you know, buckle up and let's go. When do you expect the, the – we've already seen the conference schedule come out. Do, do you have a pretty good idea when the non-conference schedule should come out? Yeah, so we're getting closer. So,
5: um, you know, every – so you lose the first 15 games. Half the teams in the country lost their MTE. You lose all your non-conference games. Uh, you know, the those – I think we had seven games scheduled in the first 15 days, right? It was a really brutal schedule. So – then you're starting from scratch with everything and you have to get the MTE because it's the only thing that allows you to get to 27 games. If you don't play the MTE, you can only play 25. So that's been a, that's been a Herculean task. Coach Robinson and coach Hardusky kind of lead our scheduling. They do an unbelievable job. So um, we're close right now. It's almost like we're just waiting on one contract to actually come in and then it's a whole domino effect of things that could happen literally in 48 hours. We could be done with our schedule. Wow. Um, But the problem is the team that we're waiting on sounds like they might be involved in maybe potentially changing their MTE, which would change everything. And then it would change everything for us. And so we're just, we're just, you know, we're waiting and coming up with contingency plan after contingency
1: plan. So it's fun. Okay. So from top to bottom, if if you are looking at the schedule, what you think it's going to be, do you feel like it's enough to put your team in position to make a case to get in the NCAA tournament?
5: No doubt. If, if it works out the way that we hope it will, we're going to play, uh, it's going to be a brutal schedule. And, and not just because of um, the teams we play, but because of the teams we play on the road and the travel and whatever. And so uh, we're super excited. And hopefully it will pan out that way. If it doesn't, we'll figure out some way to make it good. So we already have a, a, a bunch of uh, great games in the hopper, and we're hoping to finish it out. Coach, so good to talk to yeah. you. Has anybody waste Has anybody ever used the word "hopper" on BYU Sports Station before? Hopper? You're
2: in the hopper. In yeah. The hopper.
5: Yeah. You know how you have it in the hopper. That's yeah. a Mark Pope special. <laughs> what does that
2: mean? Actually, Now that I said that. I don't what that there means. are so many I mean. things that we say on a daily basis that I have no idea where they originated from. I don't know what they even mean, but yet we say
1: it. Oh, i that We heard that.
2: Oh yeah, in the hopper.
1: I've heard in the hopper. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to Google that right now. I'm Googling it, too. In the, in the hopper. hopper. <laughs> <First>. <laughs> it, okay, yeah, means something is in preparation or is on its way. Um, I'm trying to find the, like the origin, uh, or, of, origin of, it. of it, and it's not coming up.
5: <laughs> yeah. So just just as a word of explanation, you guys know that I was an English major in college uh-huh. at the
1: University of Kentucky. Uh-huh. Okay. Enough said. Here, did you get it? Here we go. Oh, I've got it too. A hopper is part of an agricultural or industrial machine that is a sorting device for separating things such as grain from the shaft or gold from other precious gems. So there you go. Organizing it all. It's in the hopper, baby. It's in preparation.
0: And it was a
2: popular it. phrase between 1910 and 1970. So they're giving <laughs> well, you a nice
1: 60-year stretch here. It is aging me. That's awful. <laughs> Coach, can't wait to watch tonight. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. Mark Pope on the Deseret First Credit Union outline. Deseret First, you know why we should. How great out. is
2: Mark Pope? <laughs> how lucky is BYU to have Mark Pope right now, honestly? How amazing
1: is technology that we can just, like, Google that and have, like, a backstory <laughs> Not on nothing. where the phrase in the hopper came from?
2: Hey, speaking of 1970s, how about this? Coming up to quote Casey Kasem, oh. how about a long-distance dedication? Coming up on our rising shout Casey Kasem.
1: Plus, the filmer with BYU safety Troy Warner, two interceptions in as many games. What's working?
0: Is it the karma? Is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can
2: also download the podcast.
1: Time now for the film room with BYU safety Troy Warner and his two interceptions. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. All
6: right, Troy, let's talk about what you tweeted out after the game. You said, winning isn't easy. Sometimes it's not pretty, but we got the job done. Proud of this team. Lessons to be learned. Short week. Looking forward to the next one. Why did you feel like you needed to post that message after the game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the emotions kind of just surround around the team and, you know, Cougar Nation. It, it kind of felt like we had lost, but we in, in reality, we won. We won the game and winning in college football is is hard no matter who you're playing. And uh, I think I think we've got to take great pride in, in the fact that we won and we're 4-0. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of just uplift the mood a little bit and uh, just encourage, just just be encouraged by by another win. So
6: the team certainly held to a high standard. Helps when you get some takeaways. You got one early in the game. Let's walk through it. But first, I want to flash back to April fifteenth. We had you on BYU Sports Nation, and we talked about having multiple picks. And hey, <laughs> how do we get you an interception, bro?
3: The time is now. So we, we're gonna get we're gonna
6: get more than one this year. And you get one. Walk me through
3: this. Yeah. So I seen uh, the quarterback roll out. Um, and I knew as soon as he rolled out that I had to really just get over the top and uh, as soon as he as soon as the ball left his hands I, I kind of slipped and noticed that the ball was just kind of floating in the air I wish I hadn't slipped or else I would have caught it and kept running but I was just glad to, <laughs> to to execute the takeaway
6: Did you think about fair catching it? Um, you know what? At one point I might have <laughs> <laughs> It was up there a while and you got it
3: Yeah, it was up there for a minute
6: was it validating? You said you were going to have multiple. You got a second, man. And maybe there's a bunch more to come.
3: Yeah, it felt good. It felt good. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, just just excited for the for many more opportunities this year.
6: Okay, the first interception happens against La Tech. It was actually a second of the game. There was an offside call that prevented you actually having another one. But uh, you Randy Moss to
3: fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, so on this play, uh, I, w- I was just in a deep third and... and uh, you know, I saw I saw a late guy running up the running up the sideline and I'm, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, kind of secured that as well as soon as the ball left his hands. And so I seen it, as soon as I seen that I just went up and skied it just just tried to just try to get up there.
6: Dan, let's talk about Houston big game, different kind of opponent from the first four, certainly some speed on the outside. What's the biggest challenge you see in defending those receivers?
3: Yeah I mean obviously like you just said, they' they're a very talented group. Uh, these receivers are some of the best in the country and uh, it's going to be about just minimizing the, the big play and trying to just trying to contain them and, and doing, doing what we can to, uh, to play well as a defense and, and just being connected and, and doing all the right things. And, and executing takeaways when the opportunities present themselves. And uh, we're really excited for this opportunity. We're going to grind really hard this week. Uh, we know it's a short week, so we've got to take advantage of, uh, of the time that we have.
6: Well, Troy, congratulations on multiple picks, 4-0, and good luck against Houston.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
1: All right, Troy Warner in the film room with Jerem Jordan. I love the fair catch comment. Our question of the day, how would BYU benefit from a Power 5 breakaway from the NCAA? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Ty Bickman on Twitter. It would help establish something new and potentially be a big step forward for the program financially as well as relevance with, other, relevance with other
2: big programs. Now, will BYU be included in it yeah, is the question. Th- that's why I'm in favor of it. This option hasn't shunned the Cougars yet, so it's looking like a positive one so far. Okay. Today's Rise
1: and Shoutout presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. We're going tag team on this, Jason. Take it away.
2: Yeah, there are uh, quite a few uh, BYU fans who have tweeted out the fact that they are driving long distances to head down to the game at Houston. Uh, this one uh, coming in, a uh, 17-hour drive uh, from Buena Vista, Virginia. They Whoa. will be in attendance on friday night at
1: jt cutcher one 17 hour drive from virginia that's impressive well done That is dedication my well friend. done and worthy of a rise and shout out our thanks to today's guests david nixon mark pope and troy warner conversation continues 24 7 on twitter instagram and facebook
2: facebook for jason i'm spencer shout out
1: to will snowden be away for both kalani Satake up next